no, patriarchy is good. And that's, if you take that sound bite, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, like Kongman's a misogynist. He hates women. No, patriarchy just means in a, a society or community where men lead. Because you can't lead a society. You can't lead your family. You can't protect and provide for children and women if you're not disciplined physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Before we jump into today's message, I want to thank from the bottom of my heart, our headline sponsor that helps to make outdated possible. That is Public Square. And if you guys aren't already familiar with Public Square, you need to download this app. If you live in Texas, Colorado, Virginia, Washington, Oregon, Arizona, Florida, Illinois, New York, and Tennessee, you can already log into the Public Square app and it's going to be available nationwide later this year. Basically, they're creating a sense of community with people in your own backyard, people, small businesses, restaurants, and more that share your values so you can figure out how to stay connected to and support people who support freedom and limited government right in your own community. This is a censorship-free platform. You can create groups, network with individuals, and of course, find out which businesses you want to support and give your business to in 2022. Make sure you download the Public Square app onto your phone. And I can't wait to share with you when this is going to be available nationwide very soon. Thank you, Public Square. Welcome back to another episode of Outdated Week 6 already, which is like blowing my mind that it's already been six weeks of us talking about this. But then like simultaneously, it's only been six weeks of us talking about dating and relationship culture. I am so excited to talk about this subject with you guys today. Um, not because I am a man myself, spoiler alert, I have a uterus, unlike many people who call themselves women in this country, uh, but because I think the root of so many of our problems we've been experiencing in dating and relationships and gender roles in general in the United States has really stemmed from the political authoritarian left and those seeking to degrade the church in America attacking masculinity as toxic. So today we're breaking down how we got here, why we got here, and really where we can go as a society for strong young men to take ownership and leadership of the direction and culture of our country moving forward with Gen Z and beyond. I am so excited to be joined by my friend Kongmin Lee. If you guys aren't familiar with Kongmin, he is amazing and genuinely one of the best conservative creators on the internet. He got really big on TikTok right away before he was banned by the TikTok overlords, unfortunately, for speaking the truth into the world, but has amassed a very significant following with hundreds of thousands of people across social media platforms, talking about all sorts of subjects, political and cultural, but really honing in on two that we're going to talk about today, being traditional American values and why those are important for young men and women in the next generation and masculinity and why that's lacking from society from a godly perspective and therefore completely harming dating and relationship culture and just American society as we know it. We're going to talk about dating and what he's looking for out of relationships. We're going to talk about toxic masculinity, men and women's sports, you name it, all things manhood and why masculinity is important for America today with Kongman Lee. So please join me in welcoming him to the show. Kongman, I'm so excited to have you on Outdated. You're one of my literal all-time favorite human beings, so I think this is going to be a great conversation. And you work full-time as a content creator, talking about issues like traditional values and why they still matter in America, and masculinity, which is what we're going to talk about today. 
what made you want to start doing that full time and what really thrust you into wanting to talk about masculinity in particular? Yeah, that's really high praise coming for you. So thank you for that um, intro. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think one thing that I realized was I I was looking at the state of our world and our society in America at large, and I was looking at all the brokenness, the confusion, the chaos, um, the anxiety, the depression. I was like, what? Where is this coming from? And mainly it's departing from Christian values, but one big thing, one big component that a lot of Christians aren't talking about as much and a lot of churches aren't talking about as much as they should is the abandonment of gender roles and the abandonment of traditional family values and the abandonment of men leading. And then so, you know, you have the left always talking about the patriarchy is disgusting. Oh, I hate patriarchy. Patriarchy is awful. This is all because of patriarchy. No, patriarchy is good. And that's, if you take that soundbite, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, like Kongman's a misogynist. He hates women. No, patriarchy just means in a, a society or community where men lead. So patriarchy is inevitable because we see today, like Leah Thomas, for example, and a lot of these men taking over women's spaces, patriar- that's still a form of patriarchy. But we're going to either see, we, we see today with the uh, craziness of progressivism that patriarchy is still inevitable it's just that we'll either have godless patriarchy or godly patriarchy and i want godly patriarchy because godless patriarchy abuses and exploits women um for their personal gain uh sees them or objectifies them as sexual objects and for their own gratification godly patriarchy sees women as image bearers of god and women who are inherently valuable and we need to cherish and protect them. And so that's what godly patriarchy will bring. And I think if you ask any woman, any sensible woman, um, I I would even argue even very liberal women, they'll never tell you that they want a small, emasculated, super effeminate, weak, shrill, skinny man. They want a tall, buff, built, physically and mentally disciplined man who knows how to love them and protect them and cherish them. That's a good thing. But there's this weird attack on masculinity. There's this attack on manhood and this idea that men can be strong and men should be strong and should be leaders. And so they, they never promote, oh, men being in leadership. They always promote women, women in STEM, women in CEO positions, women get this award, that award, and all these things. Meanwhile, men are being completely tossed to the side And then you wonder why so many uh, men are committing suicide at high rates. So many of them are addicted to alcohol, drugs. Um, You know, as much as we advocate for women's rights, uh, rape isn't really going away. If anything, it's happening more. And I would argue more so because of the advent of uh, OnlyFans and pornography and all of that. So traditional masculinity is so important because it really does protect the most vulnerable among us, which are women and children. And a lot of people will say, oh, you're, you're such a misogynist. You're calling women weak. No, I'm not saying women are weak. They're strong in their own ways. But men are called to protect them. Um, and so I, I see a lot of the problems in society today. And I see it's, it's a lot of it. A lot of it has to do with the complete effeminization of society as a whole. And also the effeminacy of, effeminacy of men and us abandoning our roles to be providers and protectors in our society.
Um, I mean, that's the problem because, like, I feel like a lot of the times if it's, like, a good, attractive, strong, um, like, buff man, it's, like, they fit into, like, a frat boy boy Mm -hmm. stereotype. And then all the guys who are, like, super feminist are super gross and icky. Uh, I I, I honestly think it has to largely do with, like, what you mentioned or what I mentioned before, the effeminacy of society. So um, effeminacy is different than... Uh, womanhood and femininity because effeminacy if you talk about what it actually means Thomas Quinan said it's the uh, failure for men to reject uh, their immediate pleasures and to pursue what is good for them and so that's largely what effeminacy looks like because a lot of men our nature we need to provide and protect and we have uh, we're more wired to be more aggressive more violent things like that that's why it uh, manifests itself in early days where if you look at young boys they're much more rough and they're much more active than girls are that's okay but that energy if not channeled well into providing protecting into courage into valor then it's going to be channeled into abuse it's going to be channeled into exploitation and rape and horrific things like that and so society as a whole has been telling men no it's a bad thing to be masculine it's a bad thing to be a man. Stop being proud of being a man. You should just shut up. And you know, when they talk about anything regarding politics or culture, just shut up, listen to your woman or listen to women, listen, elevate trans voices. But you as a man, shut up. We don't want you and we don't need you to do these things for us. Well, men will meet the standards we set for them. And so if we tell men it's, a, it's an okay thing and it's a good thing to be addicted to pornography, to be addicted to junk food, not exercise, not have anything to do in your life and just live out of your parents' basement playing video games 24 seven at 35 years old, then men will do that <laughs> because you're not telling them that need, this is why Jordan Peterson is so effective and he's changed so many men's lives because he told men, hey, you need to do something. And it can be as small as making your bed in the morning, but do something, be productive, um, set a goal for yourself, better yourself, improve yourself because you're so much more worth than just slacking off and being a lazy bum addicted to pornography and trying to like um, chat with e-girls online. And so I, I think that's largely what, ha- uh, that's, I think that's one part in, uh, due to that. But also I think we can also see the traces of the hyper-corporatization of society. So obviously I'm not a socialist. I'm not a communist. I like free markets. I like free enterprise, right? Because I believe in private property rights. I believe that we should all be able to own things and people should be able to freely exchange uh, goods and services and products that they've created and they've went through the labor and all the resources and everything to make those goods and services. I think that's all a good thing. But unfortunately, I think this is a very libertarian mindset that has taken over conservatism where they're like, the only good thing is lower taxes and smaller government. And it's like, and you saw that with Matt Schlapp, uh, CPAC, his interview with NTD. He said, I got rid of pro-life speakers because you don't have to be conservative to be a part of CPAC. When CPAC's literally a conservative political action conference, you just have to believe in lower taxes and small government. You know, I love lower taxes and small government. Don't, be, don't get me wrong, but that's not the essence of conservatism. And so you have a lot of people even in conservatives sacrificing traditional values and marriage and strong families for the sake of a higher GDP. And yes, our GDP is very high. It's the highest it's ever been. But what, but 
we're, we're ignoring and completely tossing aside broken families, fatherlessness. Abortion is still rampant even after 50 years after Roe v. Wade. What have conservatives done during the, for the past 50 years? The past five years, five years ago, the trans movement wasn't even that strong. It wasn't even that pervasive. Now they've taken over every single institution and sphere of society in five years. What have conservatives been doing? We haven't conserved anything. And so when I look at that, it's also uh, due to the fact that conservatives don't value that and they're more likely to uh, also abandon traditional masculine values and say no you know what it's okay let's just make as much money as possible it doesn't matter what men value it doesn't matter how men act in society it doesn't matter how men treat their families and so i think there's a combination of that the hyper corporatization of society where just we live in a, such a consumeristic society where we don't value things like community, family, virtue, things like that anymore, because we just want to get the next good iPhone and the next sweet product. And then also on top of that, we have a society that completely devalues masculinity and telling men it's okay to be addicted to whatever vice and disgusting thing on the internet, uh, because I don't know, body positivity, inclusion, it's just absurd. We absolutely do devalue masculinity, and I want to go to the root of that, because I think all of this really started with labeling traditionally masculine values as toxic and somehow negative with the contribution that it makes to American culture, and we, we did that so strongly and so significantly that we essentially erased every single thing about masculinity. So why do you think that attack started, and really where do we go from here in terms of resurrection? Correcting the actually positive parts of being strongly masculine. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different parts to it. Um, I don't think it's just one group of uh, satanic, like, elitists in a cabal. I think that there are, don't get me wrong, there are people like that. But there's a lot of different interests at play. And it all happens to align with uh, Satan's agenda. So what I mean by that is that we see in Ephesians, Paul talks about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of darkness. Satan is using different people, different um, elites, different uh, institutions, corporations, world leaders to completely subvert the Christian foundations of this country. This country was a Christian nation. People like try to try to be like, no, we were about religious tolerance. We really weren't. We were a Christian nation. John Adams said our constitution was made for a moral religious people. It doesn't work with anyone else. The only reason why we were able to have a system of self-governance is because we had authority, an authority greater than government, and it was God. And without that, the system of self-governance crumbles. Um, but Satan wants to subvert those Christian foundations, which made America so great in the first place. And so different, different actors like, you know, the World Economic Forum, China, all these people, uh, mega, mega corporations, for example, Amazon, I mean, all these people kind of work in conjunction, sometimes working uh, with each other, also kind of butt heads and um, disagree and all, that th all those things because of the power imbalances and the power struggles and all these things. But they all ultimately have one goal, and it's to subvert the strong traditional Christian foundations of this country because that's what made it great. Because if you can do that, then they themselves can uh, profit off of it. So for example, Amazon, right? I think Amazon, I love Amazon, right? Like I don't like them as a company, but their service is a really great thing. But the executives at Amazon and Jeff Bezos knows this, is that if you can get people addicted to their products and services, that's their revenue just goes up, their profit goes up. And so, and uh, the power that they wield in society increases dramatically. So what do they want to do? They want to destroy families. They want to replace 
um, mothers and fathers with screens, with like Kindles or Echo, Echo Dots or whatever um, to replace in-person interactions with e-commerce completely. And all these things which made us great in the first place and which makes worth, life worth living, they want to replace all that because they want to be the lords over our life. They want to control everything about our lives because, again, it just gives them more power and more profit. And so when you think about all those things in conjunction, I mean, you look at the World Economic Forum, multinational corporation CEOs, billionaires, world leaders all coming together and saying we need a great reset. So they're going to impose an ESG criteria, uh, environment, social uh, justice and governance score to judge us and basically all the banks are in on this too so they, they can like withdraw money and all these things that's why everything's going digital by the way as well uh, but all these agendas are all kind of in tandem to destroy what's strong and what's good about america so that's why you see people places like china they ban lgbtq stuff they ban effeminate men on television they have masculinity programs in their public schools to cultivate strong chinese men i don't like china <laughs> But they know what makes a nation strong. And that's why they're doing that. And that's why they're trying to subvert those values in America. Why do you think TikTok pushes all this, all this degeneracy at us all the time? Because they know this. And so when you look at all of those things, that's why what's happening is happening. Because um, you have all these interests, all these corporations, all these CEOs, all these um, world leaders, foreign interests, all wanting to subvert America. And the one biggest thing that you can do is prop is use the biggest tool, the most powerful tool is propaganda. And so by labeling all kinds of masculinity toxic, then they're able to cultivate and raise up weak men in our generation. And you know, the quote, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men, all that stuff, but they want to create the hardest time for America so that they could profit for themselves in their own interests. So um, that's what's really, that really makes me sad because masculinity is not toxic and what most well-meaning people mean when they call something toxic masculinity or whatever is that they look at buff men who are really rugged and they got a beard and they're buff they're, they're all jacked uh, like with steroids and everything but then those those men are abusive towards women and they use women they manipulate women and on top of that they're bitter they're crass they're harsh, they're, they're very, they have short fuses, they get angry very easily. That's not masculine. I would argue that's a lack of masculinity. Masculinity means to be strong, virtuous, and disciplined. And so those traits aren't really masculine. I would argue if we're going with the Thomas Aquinas definition of effeminacy, that's what effeminacy is. Just not being able to control your desires and your um, reactions per se and your emotions. If you're not able to do that, you're not masculine. And so I think a lot of women saw that and then they saw that as masculinity and then they just went the complete opposite direction and it was like, oh, masculinity is toxic. We need to get rid of the patriarchy. Everything just uproot the system, upend it and have women rule the world. But now we can't even define what a woman is. So I don't even know where we're going. Very true. And I think we're using a lot of those same tactics now to attack femininity uh, and traditionally being a woman tied to your biology and having the gift of creating life. Now we're trying to erase women from society as well. And you're starting to see like Women's History Month, B-W-O-M-X-N History Month so that you can include everybody. It is asinine. It's really crazy. But I want to unpack a little bit more of what you just said. 
with this idea of what is actual masculinity what does that look like because i think you're right we often have this very physical carnal view of what a man in traditional masculinity is supposed to look like it's the guy who's totally jacked and he's in the gym all the time and he says cuss words all the time and he you know xyz things that we traditionally would associate with being a quote-unquote man and i think we didn't necessarily come to a negative view of masculinity for bad reasons i think often that did get taken to a very, very dangerous extreme where women were being abused and harassed at a very grand scale in this country, which was very sad. And I think we've obviously seen an overreaction to that. But in your opinion, what does traditional, solid, strong, godly masculinity actually look like when we're looking at the next generation of young men? Yeah, I think it can really just boil down simply to um, fulfilling your role to be a provider and protector of women and children. Um, and so there's this umbrella analogy where it's like God is the biggest umbrella and then there's the man and then there's the wife slash mother and then there's the children, right? And that's the hierarchy um, that God has set up, not only just in the word of God, but just for all societies. And every society that followed this um, hierarchy and this order of leadership in society and in families and their communities all thrived. Everyone always says that's, but there's so many tribes and there's a lot of indigenous people and there's a lot of places in like, you know, Africa that never followed this. I'm like, yeah. And there's a reason why the history books don't talk about them <laughs> uh, because they weren't prosperous societies. They weren't strong civilized societies. Um, and so when you look at that and think about that, it's really just about being a provider protector of women and children. So then what does that look like? You've got to be a leader. And so what does that look like? You got to be strong got to be disciplined. Um, obviously, you don't have to be super jacked and just on steroids and look like the walk, the, the walk, the rock. Um, you can look like a walk if you want to make some Chinese food with it. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't have to look like the rock. But I also do believe that physical discipline and exercise and training your body is a part of masculinity. Because if you're not doing that, like what else are you doing with your time? Because it, I truly believe this, and a lot of people might give me crap for this, but if you can't pick up your girl, girlfriend or wife in your arms, you need to fix that. <laughs> you need to be able to do that because all women want to be, want to feel secure and safe in the embrace of a man. If you're more skinny and weaker than your partner, your, your wife, your, um, your, your uh, girlfriend, or even the girl you're trying to court and trying to date, you should fix that. That shouldn't be a thing um, because that does not only does that not give your wife and your girlfriend that sense of security and safety that they need, but also that's just not a, you're not setting a good example for the next generation. Right. Um, so in the 1960s, if you look at pictures of people like they were fit, like men were fit, even if they weren't super buff, like they were lean, you could tell they were good. They knew how to do certain sports, work out, do pull-ups, push-ups, whatnot. Now, in our generation, most of the men that I see are obese and just they have like they have to buy two plane tickets because they can't fit in one plane seat. I mean, it's awful. And I'm not trying to shame people for being overweight, but at a certain point, you got to realize like, well, there's also a part of it where it's diet and seed oils and um, all that, all the sugar in our diet and everything. But you got to realize like that's all part of being masculine to be disciplined. Because you can't lead a society, you can't lead your family, you can't protect and provide for children and women if you're not disciplined physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. 
So you have to be able to control your emotion. You have to have strong mental fortitude, say no to things that will destroy you, to say no to the cancel woke mob, to say no to degeneracy. You have to be strong physically and you also have to be spiritually strong. So walking with God, because if you don't have God, then you will crumble. Here's the thing. Like if you're as a masculine man, like, yes, you have to be strong, but you can't do that all on your own. That's just impractical and inevitably you will crumble. And that's why a lot of men struggle with mental like issues because they, a lot of them think that like they have to take everything on for themselves. Yes, you do have to be strong and you have to be the sort the rock of your family and your immediate communities and things like that. But you have to get that from somewhere, that strength from somewhere. And you have to get it from God. You know, Jesus in John 15 says that uh, he is um, the vine. We are the branches, right? And we need to abide in him. And when we're abiding in him, we, we gain his strength. And then so if we want to live godly lives, if we want to live good lives, if we want to be strong and courageous, we have to get that from a source. And we have to get that from the eternal source, which is God himself. So that's really what masculinity looks like. Um, it's not just being strong. That, that is a part of it. Um, and it's not just being super buff and eating protein powder every uh, three hours, but it's all encompassing to be a strong, courageous, disciplined, um, self-controlled man who uh, prioritizes the well-being of others and the protection and provision of women and children. How much do you think this men and women's sports thing plays into erasing masculinity? Like, do you think this is a consequence of men feeling like they need to dominate women now because of the overcorrection we've experienced in erasing manhood in society? And where on earth do we go from here with that? Yeah, then the 100%. So there's two overcorrections that I'm seeing largely in society. You have like very, 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 very right wing people. I, I want to argue they're not very right wing, but like, like you see a lot of the incels are like, I hate women. Women just should be the air, be the um, baby bearers of my children. Like, I don't need to, I just want to use them. Right. And I'm like, no, like that's not it either. Um, that's really terrible. And then there's the other overcorrection where they're like, well, Frick, like if society loves women so much, I'll just be a woman. And if I can't compete at a level, if I can't excel, and if there's a shortcut right here, then I'm just gonna identify as a woman and just destroy women's records. And so that's why you had Zuby who uh, like three, four years ago just said, I identify as a woman and destroyed the world, the uh, was the Guinness world record for deadlifting for a woman. And it's so insane. Cause like, yeah, he works out and, but he's not like, that's not his thing. Like his, his whole thing is that he's also a rapper. He's also a commentator and he does all those things. He doesn't devote his whole life to bodybuilding and strength building. And so you see that and it's just so absurd flat on its face. But yes, it's completely one of the overcorrections we see in society of trying to erase masculinity and trying to tell men that their manhood, their desire to compete, to be excellent, to be strong, to try to attain goals and better themselves is a bad thing. It's toxic. And that's what society is telling us. And so that's 100% an overcorrection. And as a result, you see, again, you can't avoid patriarchy because you try to get rid of godly masculinity, then you'll have this disgusting perverted form of masculinity where you have people like Liam Thomas taking over women's sports and uh, trying to erase what it means to be a woman. And so where do we go from here? Um, I honestly think everyone just needs to grow a backbone um, and just say no to all this. So 
it, it is scary at first, but cause like when I first spoke out, I was like scared out of my mind. I was like, wow, like, I don't, I, I'm scared of what people will say to me because like, it's not like I hate my friends and it's not like I hate other people. It's not like I want to be intentionally controversial, but at a certain point you got to stand for something because if you don't stand for anything, then you'll just fall for it. You don't, if you stand, you don't stand for something, then you'll fall for anything, which is what we see in society where even the swimmer who came out, who lost, um, her 16th spot uh, in the finals for the NCAA 500 meter freestyle. She even re like referred to Leah Thomas as a she. And she said, Leah Thomas, like I support Leah Thomas hundred percent. I just think it's not fair. And I'm like, no, like you, we have to push back a hundred percent against these ideology. You'll, you also see a lot of people say, you know what? I want to, um, I agree that there should be a space for trans sports. And I'm like, no, we have to hundred percent like disagree with the ideology as a whole. Because if we don't, it's these small steps that we keep taking that completely destroy the foundations of this country and what it means to be an American, what it means to be a conservative, what it means to be a, a person in America living and wanting to live like a godly, righteous life. And so we have to reject it completely. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about dating because I really want to hear your thoughts here. You and I are roughly the same age. I think you just turned 25 pretty recently. So happy belated birthday. What do you as a young conservative Christian man wish women your age knew about dating and what men wanted out of dating? Um, yeah, I, I think there's this huge boss babe culture happening where it's like, uh, I, I need to figure out my career first and I need to figure out, like, I need to do all this stuff before like find the right man. I'm like, yes, like, I, like obviously men, most men, I would argue most men who are good and godly and worth, uh, marrying, they don't like like stupid woman, um, in a sense, like, like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me, help me. Um, uh, because it's like, when I think about it, you're going to be the one raising my children. I don't want you to be stupid. <laughs> like, I want you to know how to do certain things. Um, it's just that our roles will be different, but I want you to be competent. I want you to be strong. I want you to be nurturing and caring and loving all these things. But it's like, but like at the same time, don't feel like you have to like be established in some sort of career and come from a prestigious university and all these things that the world calls good when in actuality it really means nothing um, in the long run. And so just focus on your character, focus on your relationship with God and cultivating what it means to be a feminine, godly woman. So just read Proverbs 31 and be like, okay, that's what I want to do. And I'm going to strive for that. Pray, seek community and accountability in your church um, and learn you know, useful skills for homemaking. Because again, these things are good things that women excel much more than men. at. I remember um, at the house I live before this house I live in right now, there's a grandmother who lived with us and she rented out a room and there's this one room, spare bedroom in the house. And we just left it as is. I looked at it and I was like, you know what? It is whatever. And this is coming from someone who's very like, you see everything in my background. Like I'm very concerned and I very have a lot of ideas when it comes to like uh, home improvement and workstations and things like that. But I looked at that room and I was like, eh, whatever, it's fine. She completely re redid the room and it wasn't even super crazy changes. Like she just changed the furniture and the positioning of the chairs and um, some of the blankets. And I'm like, holy crap, this room feels so homey and so amazing. And there's just something about women where they understand how to do certain things like that, uh, where men can't. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And so I want to tell women, like embrace those 
natural pro proclivities that you have because those are strengths. Those are not weaknesses. You being more uh, agreeable and emotional and more compassionate, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because it means that you'll care for and you'll be very compassionate for our, our, like my future children, but also for those around you. And you'll be able to take care of them well, provide for them well. And so I, I would just tell women like, don't be so like consumed about like, oh, like I need to get this degree. I didn't know how to do this, this. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, I think it's a great thing when women are competent in certain careers and all those things, but don't feel like you have to take all those on because again, you can rely on men and men, obviously I said this, like they don't like anyone who's stupid, but they also, I, I personally like a woman who's able to rely on me for help when you need it. There's this huge, like I said, there's this huge boss babe culture where it's like, I got to do everything myself, screw men. I was like, no, like, it's okay to rely on men in the same way that men should rely on women for certain things. And so that, that's why you have this complementarian dynamic in society, which is healthy. So don't feel like you have to reject men, that you have to figure everything out yourself. You have to have some sort of super great career where you have like three law degrees or whatnot. Um, just focus on being a godly woman and all the feminine traits that make you desirable in the eyes of a godly man will follow after that. What are you hoping to see out of your dating life and relationships? Yeah, I just, for me, um, well, I'm just personally looking for a godly woman who I have a lot of fun with um, because I realize that's very important. And this is also something that might be controversial, but your wife and your husband should not be your best friend. And what I mean by that is they should be your closest person that you're, I mean, obviously the Bible says you become one flesh but you don't treat your spouse like your friends, right? You, you treat them with extra care. You devote your whole life to them other than God. Like they're the person you have given a vow to, right? Um, but just someone, but like, obviously that person you should be able to get along with and have a good time with and enjoy going on dates with and um, having conversations with. But for me, I personally just look for a godly woman who really loves the Lord and I have a good time um, and I have a lot of fun with because, um, Again, I, I really do believe if you're a godly woman, even if you are completely, um, like if you're surrounded by a lot of the liberal dogma and propaganda, like you will still wake up to the reality and you'll have the Holy Spirit, Spirit dwelling in within you that you'll say, okay, something's wrong here. And I feel like this is off, uh, which I've seen in my own life. But I personally, yeah, I just want to see like just a woman who loves the Lord and is fun to talk to. My personal type is like a small like more of like a shorter cute girl. I know a lot of guys go for the hot girl type and I'm like, no, I, I like the cute kind of girls um, that maybe that's just my personality, but uh, that's kind of like who I'm looking for. Ideally Korean. I mean, I'm not, I'm open to anyone, but my parents are very like strict on, you got to marry Korean. <laughs> One of the last questions I have for you here is that I feel like women don't know what to look for in a guy that they could actually spend the rest of their life with, especially when the norm now culturally is hookup culture and dating apps and not being too invested. You don't want to seem clingy, right? So you don't want to 
necessarily tie yourself so closely to a young man and seem overbearing and so as a result young men kind of keep an arm's length distance between young women and that becomes normal versus what traits you actually should be looking for in somebody that you might want to spend the rest of your life with as your spouse your husband or wife how do you think we encourage young women to look for different traits and what should they be looking for in the right type of young man if they are a conservative christian who's wanting to get married at some point yeah um I mean, I would say one, get off dating apps. Um, I mean, personally, I have nothing. I don't have a personal vendetta against dating apps. I just think they're toxic. I was on it for a little while. Then I got off of it because um, it was just, it was just, it just did not work well. Like, I'm sure you can find someone great. Like I know friends who are married and they met their dating apps. I'm not judging, at it, judging it at all. Uh, but I would say try to find guys who are like in your churches. Um, I think that's honestly the best play to place to find a guy in my opinion church um but if not maybe in your workplace who someone who really stands out and it seems like a godly man and a conservative man um but i think that's one thing that you can do but also um don't don't be like a don't be a pick me girl i i i don't know if people know what that means but it's kind of like if you're a pick me girl you're like you talk about oh i'm single on the internet and you just like post this like for example you can like post a selfie on instagram uh, with like a face like full cake full of makeup and then you go like oh i'm single i wonder where my future boyfriend's at or praying for my future hubby and it's like you know that they're doing it so that they get dms and comments from thirsty guys going like i love you i love you i love you it's like don't be that girl because you don't want that kind of detention you don't want that kind of guy coming at, like uh, courting you and wanting to date you and asking for your hand in marriage you don't want that kind of guy Cause that kind of guy is flippant. That kind of guy, that kind of guy is precarious. That kind of guy is not someone who is strong and can lead you well. Um, and so try not to be the pick me girl. I understand. Like it's, I, I, I kind of am guilty of it sometimes too, but I'm like, Oh, I'm single. And then a lot of, a lot, not a lot of girls, but some girls go like, Ooh, hi. Um, <laughs> um, but don't try not to do that. And, but I, I would just say, um, look for a guy who has your best interests at heart. And then, so there's too many guys today who want to use and exploit women. And I say this because I'm still working through this, uh, but I was very exploitative and manipulative, um, even up until very recently too. So it's like, it's something that I'm still battling through and I'm still working through. Uh, but like, don't like, it's very tempting to like have a guy sweet talk you and flirt with you. And they like seem like a godly man, but in actuality and behind closed doors, they're just like, um, they see you and they're so tempted to just have sex with you. But like, look for a man who doesn't push you to go beyond what you're more comfortable with, who, who tries to do all these sexual things with you. Look for a guy who protects you and wants to protect you and your body and your physical intimacy. And because the best thing is looking for a guy who sees you as potentially as someone else's wife before you're his own so that he protects you and your honor and your dignity um, so that he doesn't um, defile the marriage bed, like it says in Hebrews. Um, but look for that kind of guy because that kind of guy is super, he, he's like a keeper. And yeah, maybe some of those guys might not be the most good looking. They might not be the most charismatic, uh, but when you know, you know. And so be very careful, be open to have guys approach you but also be very um, vigilant in understanding what their motives are. But then when you find the right guy who you can see whose motive is not 
to just use you because they're thirsty or they're lonely, but they want to genuinely run the rest of this life with you and have children with you and, you know, create a family with you and um, till death do him part, do, do you guys part, like, you'll know, you'll know. And it's really, it really comes out, especially when you're dating and in your conversations and how he treats you. So look for that kind of man, because that kind of man is a keeper and you probably would, should never, or would want to never uh, let go of him. Oh, love that so much. Okay. Last question. What words of encouragement do you have for young men who may be listening to this episode to reject this lie of toxic masculinity and really lean into who God created them to be? Yeah. Um, just like screw the haters. And I don't mean that in like a, like screw them as in like curse them or like, you know, um, defile them or uh, deride them or mock them. I mean, sometimes you can mock the woke mob, but um, just like, don't like not to intentionally harass them. But all I'm saying is like the haters will always exist because if you stand for something that is good, right. And true, then there will be people who are the spawn of Satan or people who love degeneracy or their own vice and licentiousness that will come and attack you because it offends them. It deeply offends them to tell them like, no, what you think is wrong and what you're doing is wrong. Um, but you should still stand up because if you don't stand up now, there's no way you're going to stand up later when things get worse. Things will only get worse in this country and in this world before things get better. And that's just the unfortunate reality of it. Um, but if you can't stand up right now for basic truths like men are not women, there's no way that when the government comes to your door, uh, pointing a gun at your head and telling you to uh, give up your children to the state or things like that, that you'd be willing to die for them. And so cultivate that now, because the only way that you gain mental fortitude is through uh, opposition and through people actually like attacking you. I'm not saying try to be intentionally controversial for the sake of it, but the reality is the truth will offend. And so if you're not standing for anything and no one is attacking you, then you'll never grow as a person. And then when, when really, when like the poop really hits the fan, <laughs> um, then you, you won't know what to do and you won't be in a place where you're strong enough mentally and even physically to stand up against grave evil. And so we already have grave evil right at our doorstep. doorstep. I mean, we have over 2,000 babies being murdered, children being sexualized, pedophilia being rampant and trying to be normalized by the left today. Uh, you have the border crisis, drug problems, homeless. I mean, you just have so many broken families. There's so many grave evils in our society today. Tackle them. Want to do something about them. Speak up about them. Because when you do, you will get haters, but then you'll be able to cultivate um, strength and courage so that when uh, things get worse that you'll be able to be on the front lines fighting for what's good, right and true. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. Don't try to shy away from things that are controversial because it's scary. Like head, like step, like all in, just go all in uh, 100% because that's where you really grow. And I know it's a cliche, but it's like you really grow out of your comfort zone. You really do. And it's, it's very easy to be tempted to completely um, shy away from controversy and anything that'll get you backlash because it's comfortable being where you're at. I get it. Um, I struggle with that every day, but the more that you speak out for grave injustice and actually speak up for the truth, um, that you'll find that it's a lot easier after you get over that initial step. And also it also helps you to grow a backbone. I used to be very, very, very sensitive, like 
my cousins would make like, like jokes at me and I'd be like, oh, that was so offensive. That wasn't Christ-like. Now, like I make even worse jokes than them and they we all laugh along and we get along and we're really offensive because again, like I had the worst names thrown at me. So it's like, if that happened, then what other people say can't really phase me. So you have to be able to get through that and you have to be able to handle that um, if you want to be a strong man. So um, yeah, do those things. Look for opportunities to be strong, um, to be a figure, role model, set goals for yourself. Don't be lazy. Video games are not a bad thing. I love video games, but don't be addicted. Um, stop watching porn. Stop eating junk food. Um, all those things. And yeah, I think we'll see uh, society turn for the better and stronger young men in our generation. Hongmin, where can people find you and follow along with all of your content as you continue to talk about this issue every day? Yeah, I'm on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, all my handles for most places is the Kongmin Lee. And I'm also on all alternate platforms like Getter, Gab, uh, Truth, and all of those as well. So you can find me there. We are busy people on all these platforms. Oh my goodness, there's a new one every day. Thank you so, so much for joining us, Kongman. I'm so excited for people to hear this message. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, this man is my favorite human being. I'm so honored to call him a friend. Uh, we don't always agree on every single thing, but he truly is one of the most genuine. What you see is what you get people on the internet. If you guys are not following Kongman, please, please do so. I'll make sure to tag him in the comment section and caption of this video so that you have a chance to. If you liked this message and you think that masculinity is super important for the future of America, like I do, don't forget to hit that heart button to like it and save it to watch later. Share this with someone who may not realize how we got here as a society and why masculinity is the key to true leadership in the United States and preserving the Western world. And of course, don't forget to tell somebody you love them. We'll see you guys next week. Before we go, we have one more sponsor to thank. Thank you so much to our friends at Makeup America for helping to make Outdated possible. You guys may know I've done some work with Makeup America in the past, including collaborating to create the first ever patriotic palette of eyeshadows and blush and bronzer, but they're most well known for their lipsticks and nail polishes. Everything from Makeup America is made right here in the United States and is cruelty-free, paraben-free, and GMO-free, so you know it's going to be good for you and that you'll be supporting a made-in-America business. They also help to turn around some of their profits to invest in other American made in the USA small companies and small businesses as well. So thank you so much to Makeup America. Don't forget to use code Isabel Brown for a discount on your order next time you visit their website and follow them on social media.